In the thrilling conclusion of Matthew Lillard Month, Matthew Lillard stars as Brock Hudson, an illiterate volleyball player turned reality TV star who severely cucks Freddie Prince Jr. He further demonstrates his alphaness by showing off his effervescent dance moves and maneuvering his way into Freddie Prince Jr.'s dreams. Some other storylines include the Shermanator eating a puberoni pizza, Paul Walker trying his hardest but failing to make you hate his character, and Rachel Lee Cook doing her best impression of a sexy Furby. Also, Fulton Reed plays Reverend Jesse Jackson. Guys, let's talk about She's All That. Look what I have created! I have... Stop, hold on, I'm getting into Hola, boys and girls. Without pain and deprivation, one can never experience true pleasure. But for the first time in my life, I'm 18 I and I can man. say, fuck That's you! Right. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Oh, we don't go near any place with spooky, haunted, forbidden, or creepy in the name. Oh, hydrochronic? Right, or hydroclonic, but that's for a whole different reason, man. <laughs> lick a license. A lick her license. Better live her alone. <laughs> Never alone! Whatever happened between you and Cockeyed Katie, anyway? I like any movie that has more than three farts in it. Oh, hey, dog. God, it must be nice having it. a hockey scholarship. As long as there's a naked chick somewhere in the room, you are not gay. Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. We are closing out. We're nearing the end of Matthew Lillard Month. We're, we're sort of at the end. We've got one I'm, more after this. I'm sad to see it go. You may be happy to hear about June C. Riley, which is coming up. Does it have Matthew month. Lillard in it? Maybe, maybe not. Ugh. Hi there. This episode of Five Guys Flicking Around was recorded at the height of Matthew Lillard month. And during the recording of this episode, well, things got a little unhinged and we didn't actually start talking about the movie She's All That until about an hour in. To save you some time, I've edited out a big chunk of this podcast but the conversations were so timely and so poignant that I couldn't bear to leave them on the cutting room floor. Here are some of the conversations that you won't be hearing on this week's podcast. Enjoy. And I cut the image out of the magazine <laughs> and I'd hide the image in Kyle's room when he wasn't there. The fine art of two women rubbing their vaginas against each other. <laughs> That's interesting. Wait, wait, never whole milk? No. Why? Because I can't handle that much milk, baby. Aaron always brings this up. It's true. It's not a joke. Him yeah. and Paul Newman used to fuck. Jack Nicholson, leathery. Clint Eastwood, <laughs> so leathery. We stopped at Yoshinoya on the drive to Palm Springs, and the dad uh, proactively ordered four beef bowls for everyone, so I was pretty turned off by that. Fallout Boy? <laughs> One Tree Hill? <laughs> 0.26 is the diameter. Yeah, but 0.26 meters, which is 0.5 So divided by feet. pi, we'd find the radius. This. To have that on your fingertips <laughs> means like you're a fucking pervert. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and now let's get back to Five Guys Flicking Around presents She's All That. 21st anniversary of She's All That. Well, I was thinking about this, and uh, it would have been fun if this was the 20th anniversary and we're so far beyond saying 
this is 2019 because no the fuck it's not it's definitely 2020 mm-hmm. yeah. this year sucks i wish it was the 20th anniversary yeah no because that a, was a happier time it's the 21st yeah. it's old no, enough to want to be there yeah. right. um 33rd 33rd freddie prince jr movie we've done. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot yeah. of well, this will be the our like 40th episode i think that we post so that's a it's a yeah. big slice of the pie, <laughs> uh, the Freddie Prince yeah. Jr. movies. It's, it's weird we haven't done any Freddie Prince Sr. movies. How did he go? You don't want to know. Okay. Uh, 33rd notwithstanding, this is our third Freddie Prince Jr. film. Fifth Paul Walker movie. Is that, that the most is, of any That is insane. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. But Matthew Lillard's coming right up on it. This is also the fifth Matthew Lillard movie. Right with Scream. Okay, but keep yeah. that in mind. We don't even have a whole month dedicated to Paul Walker. Yeah, no, that's yeah, a great point. Yeah. Paul Walker, none of his movies have fallen into... One fell into Blue September. No, two. Or two, 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 two fell, actually. Two yeah. fell into so it was almost a Paul Walker month. <laughs> yeah. It was close. Brandon, oh. why don't you start with your first impression of She's All That? So this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Um, but I automatically loved it as soon as I saw it because I had seen uh, Not Another Teen Movie before this. And mm. I love that movie. I think Not Another Teen Movie is hilarious. And I think all of the uh, jabs that it takes at this movie are so warranted. Um, like So, the- so <laughs> wait, sorry to interrupt you, but you should watch Not Another Teen Movie again because a lot of the jokes will now make a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook is a fox. Yep. Um, not Rick Fox. So, make that clear. Not Rick Fox, not Red Fox. Not Jamie Foxx, just Fox. Vivica A. Fox. Or Vivica B. Fox. Uh, nah, she's more of a Vivica Double D. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> my man. That. Uh, that's such a lazy porn name. Oh, my God. Aaron? Uh, yeah, I. so similar to Brandon, I totally can misconstrue this movie with Not Another Teen Movie, much like Varsity Blues, where... When I watched Varsity Blues again, it <laughs> yeah. was like, when is he going to do the goddamn it Reggie Ray thing? And it's like, oh, he's not. That's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. And this movie, I still had that, like, uh, in another teen movie, she says, like, guys always take dumps on my chest when the sister seduces. <laughs> and, like, I was waiting for that <laughs> yeah. line. It was like, that didn't come. Um, I I watched this for the first time in Palm Springs when I was, it was probably, like, 2000 or 99. It was whenever it came out on DVD or VHS. The first time I remember uh, enjoying it physically. So, <laughs> whoa, okay. <laughs> again, I was twelve, right. and uh, I was alone in Palm Springs. <laughs> so similar to Aaron, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. <laughs> um, I was excited to rewatch it and see that Matthew Lillard just absolutely steals this movie. And uh, that's no surprise. But what was a surprise to me is that Freddie Prince Jr., he wasn't a terrible actor in this, unlike in I Know What You Did Last Summer Catch, uh, where he was yeah. really bad <laughs> in both of those. <laughs> this is a pretty competent film, like we were saying. And I've always held it in like very high esteem for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like I think our generation thinks of this as like a sure. minor classic. Absolutely. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, it is. No. I think it is. No, I don't think 100%. so at all. 
I definitely physically enjoyed American Pie more than this movie, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so uh, She's All That starts with uh, the opening credits where Matthew Lillard's name appears third after Freddie Prinze Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. How do we feel yeah, about you, this? Yeah, well, that's my McMulligan. <laughs> I don't, Market I'm this as a Matthew Lillard movie. That's where they it's, went wrong. It's wild in hindsight, but it makes sense that Paul Walker wasn't there, but like Paul Walker... Should have been first. She's all that starts. Freddie Prince Jr. is a super cool jock. Uh, he's dating Taylor Vaughn, who's the most popular girl in school. Um, they're all arriving back from spring break, and Taylor Vaughn breaks up with Freddie Prince Jr. because while she was on spring break in Florida, one of her friends made out with Warren G's gay hairdresser and gave them passes to a pool party where Taylor met our boy Matthew Lillard. The next thing I know... Taylor Vaughn is handpicked by the director to dance on her very own raft. This is all fascinating, Taylor, but uh, did you maybe skip to the part where you decided to screw me over? Hold on, I'm getting there. Okay, so I've been dancing for maybe five minutes, right? And I nearly fell off, which would have been so embarrassing. I mean, you know, being on cable and everything. So I turn around to see what I've hit, and that's when it happened. Hey! I'm Brock Hudson! Hey! Brock Hudson? Where'd they get that name from? I don't know, <laughs> but I like it. Huh. Speaking of closeted gay actors from the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where, where they got that from. It's a fun name, though. I like it. That scene where they transition from them talking straight into the like i don't know if it's like daytona or whatever miami Beach. it's daytona beach yeah yeah daytona beach where it just transitions directly there um like just such a cool shot it's it's a really cool uh moment very very high end for uh 1999 uh yeah it goes it goes from freddie prince jr and taylor vaughn talking at school into her having a flashback of daytona beach and you don't know it, but Freddie Prince Jr.'s body is actually in the flashback partaking. There's another little uh, cool moment later on where they have like a dream sequence with that's like within the real world. And mm -hmm. those two those two little bits of the movie stood out to me as like that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And when you say real world, you mean the real world TV show. In the yes, movie. sorry, sorry. Not like <laughs> it, not like fourth wall breaking. Yes, Matthew Lillard reach out, reaches out and grabs you by the shirt. Kind of real world. That would be more of a Thirteen Ghosts kind of moment. Ooh, I like um, that. So Lillard cucks Freddie Prince Jr. He fucks uh, this Taylor Vaughn chick for three days, and uh, she breaks up with Freddie Prince Jr. because now she's got a reality TV star boyfriend. Freddie Prince Jr. sees Matthew Lillard making out with Taylor Vaughn at campus, and Freddie Prince Jr. says there's two thousand girls at this school, and he could bump monkeys with any of them. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting phrase. That's not a thing. That's for sure. They they wrote it as bump uglies, but yeah. To he's not a good actor to maintain oh you think he just mispronounced it <laughs> yeah i mean oh, or okay. he just fucked up the word and they were like it's uglies it's uglies and he did it like 50 like, take times 45 <laughs> yeah. like, do it again like bump monkeys ah <laughs> it was like it's uglies it's uglies okay 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 yeah i could, I could monkey uglies with anybody here damn it fuck <laughs> 
So Freddie Prince Jr.'s two best friends are Paul Walker and Dooley Hill, a.k.a. Gus from Psych, like we talked about. Shout out Ryan Pollard. Um, they remind him that Taylor Vaughn is an institution. And when Paul Walker chooses Rachel Lee Cook, a.k.a. Lainey Boggs, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. says, Look, fat I can handle. Weird boobs, bad personality, maybe some sort of fungus. Come on. Scary and inaccessible is another story. So... That had to hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, the the whole premise of the movie does not work because, like, right off the bat, like you know that there's nothing really wrong with it. Like anybody that looks like Rachel Lee Cook is not the weird art kid. It just doesn't well, happen. And again, we I go back to not another teen movie where they right, do this right. premise. And he's like, yeah, the hunchback girl. It's like, no, hunchbacks are sexy and like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, and they then show it's that, just. Right, and then it's just like, oh, ponytail and glasses. glasses. Yeah, it's like, oh, yuck. No, she has a ponytail and glasses. Look, she's got paint on her overalls. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's really good looking. I thought she she looked like a sexy Furby, you know? I think it would have been funnier if they commented on how she's like four foot two. That would have been funny. Yeah, that's a Furby thing, you know? Mm. She's just like stout, but sexy. (laughs) <laughs> exactly like Furby. What's that? Me up. It's my Furby. Furby loves love. Yeah, I like that she works at a falafel restaurant. That's what I was going to say. Her best friend is Fulton from the Mighty Ducks, and she works at a falafel shop. Yeah. You know? Like, that's Great. fucking cool. <laughs> um, also, Fulton's a good friend. He's just chilling at the falafel shop. He's the like, mouth of the group. Yeah, but she's like working and he's just hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but no it's like, you know, but that's that's actually very authentic to having a job in high school because I felt like there were so many like instances of that where you would just go hang out at your friend's work if they worked at like Jamba Juice or wherever it was and you just go hang out there at like six o'clock on the weekends. Yeah, Um I know in high school, I let Joey and Matt Bailey come to Robex and make their own smoothies. <laughs> and then when uh, the yearbook thing came around, I had um, someone come photograph me, Joey, and Matt working at Robex. <laughs> I gave them shirts and visors, and uh, they're in the yearbook in 2006 as working at Robex with me, even though they were It was not. documented. It's it crazy because Matt's never told me that story. <laughs> <laughs> This is like exactly what I think somebody that's like a 40 or 50 year old Hollywood producer is like, Art, what is it? Some guy in his underwear and a bunch of midgets. Yeah, no, I loved it. I mean, it's bold to be like, here's a grown man in a diaper. Here's two midgets emerging from a womb. Like, that's fucking cool. (laughs) I'd like to see that. Snug in the putrid womb of a father I ain't never knew. The fetus thrives, floating. That's Mitch. Brilliant, isn't he? It's kinky diaper fetish shit, and I like it, and don't shame me for it. (laughs) No, Kyle has a shirt that says as much. Yeah. uh, It's gross, and he keeps wearing it. Yeah, Yeah, uh, Lainey Boggs comes out in the performance, wearing all white, looking amazing, because she's hot. Um, Well, she's got the glasses, though. Yeah, those are those yeah. are unbecoming. Yuck. Yeah. But she keeps saying the words be silent, be still. Be silent, be still, which reminded me a lot of how Pops likes Gloria, quiet and close by. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. She's yeah. Um 
So Lainey, at the end of the performance, sets Freddie Prince Jr. up to have to go on stage and perform, even though he has nothing prepared. And he creates this like beautiful routine centered around hack e sack mm-hmm. and um, kind of a deeper metaphor. Also, equally impressive, um, they kept cutting to like Freddie Prince Jr.'s face and then just feet kicking the hacky sack. And it's like any other actor would have been like, I have a big hacky sack scene. I'm going to learn hacky sack, (laughs) get some like far shots where it's my whole body doing hacky sack. Not our boy, Freddie Prince Jr. He's like, let the stunt guy do it. Exactly. I I get paid to act. The stunt guy gets paid to sack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And I don't think we talked about it a ton in uh, summer catch, but like all those pitching scenes, it's like, and I get it. Like if you can't throw a baseball, it's fairly obvious, you know, like, but like all those scenes were like him facing the mound or him facing the plate and like starting to pitch, and then a, a medium shot of like some stunt double minor league pitcher who can throw like ninety miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. it's yep. like ah, yep. yes. Well, there's like some people that learn like a different language or you know perform some insane like this is hacky sack. Right. This is so easy to, right. to right. just spend I mean, like an about, hour a day for yeah. a couple of weeks. Right. And, like, <laughs> get good enough for a far shot right uh, think about keanu reeves i mean like all that he does for all of his movies the guy learned yeah. to do like backflips and shit yeah john wick dude those videos are dope check him out on youtube black.com backslash john wick uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting website <laughs> go back to laney boggs this is the second freddie prince jr movie where the line you have beautiful eyes is used <laughs> yeah. uh, it's used in this by freddie prince jr and it's also used by jessica beale uh, in summer directed catch. directed towards Freddie Prince Jr. in Summer Catch. Yes. And when I listened back to that quote uh, from Summer Catch, it made me realize I think they screwed up that scene and they were reading the wrong lines. Uh, because <laughs> in summer, if I could just digress for a second, in Summer Catch, Jessica Biel says one of my professors said that the architects' uh, best features are their eyes. And then she says to Freddie Prince Jr., "You have beautiful eyes." And it's like, no, that's wrong. Freddie Prince Jr. is supposed to say that line to Jessica Biel because she just said that an architect's best feature is their eyes, and it's all fucked up. It's it's so <laughs> wrong. I just have to add in this podcast uh, just an addendum to Summer Catch, how bad it is, because in that scene, they just completely switched lines. It wasn't supposed to go like that. Or this movie, they switched lines. And Lainey was supposed to say that to Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. And then years later, right. it was actually correct, and mm-hmm. they knew that it was a fuck up in this movie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so they go to the beach. Paul Walker's got all of his friends there. He brings Gabrielle Union, Gus from Psych, all the homies, yeah. and they play volleyball and they hang out and they have a great day. Yeah, this is where you see that Lainey Boggs just got some bogs. Got a couple bogs. Oh yeah, she does. Brandon. Come on. You're a respected father in the local community. You're better <laughs> than this. True. He's That's a father true. in the local community. Yeah, not respected. You're right. No, no, no. You could yeah, you could just say father. Um so Laney plays volleyball with all the cool kids. Paul Walker's shirtless finally. Um and Laney gets invited to Gus from Sykes house party he's throwing that night. So we get Rachel Lee Cook. She's transformed. She's got short hair. She's in a sexy red dress. And no uh, she's glasses. coming down the stairs to Kiss Me by Sixpence and the Richer. Kiss me. There you go. Kiss me. I wish she was coming down the stairs to kiss me. Oh, baby. What was that, Brandon? 
I said, I wish she was coming down the stairs to kiss me. Get it? Because you, <laughs> you said she was coming down the stairs Brandon, to kiss me. Brandon, that's disgusting. Come on. Well, as a, as I am a, a father. As a respected <laughs> figure in your local community, that's unbecoming. I wouldn't say respected and I wouldn't say figure. Just say alleged father. <laughs> Somewhere in, in a County. community. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't get specific. In a community. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and when she gets to the bottom of the stairs, you know she's still a work in progress because she slips on him. Um, but either way, they're off to Gus from Sykes' party. Um, at the party, Freddie Prince Jr. reassures Paul Walker that he's not catching feelings for Rachel Lee Cook. It's only a bet. And we also get Matthew Lillard, a.k.a. Brock Hudson, in a full silver satin shirt, puka shells, Oakley sunglasses, and a tank top, a.k.a. the coolest wardrobe possibly attainable in 1999. Yeah, we, ca- we call that 7th no, uh... grade Kyle Zanger uh, <laughs> picture day outfit. <laughs> yes. I wish I had the satin shirt. That would have completed the ensemble for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does, I mean, you have your dirty dancing, you have your greases, your footlooses. This is easily the best dance sequence in any movie in the history of movies, I think. Um, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Right? Like, seriously. Yeah. Matthew Lillard is so committed. He performs it solo. He has no partner, unlike those other movies. And, I mean, he just, he, like, commands the room. He's gyrating. He's spinning. He's grooving. I, I mean, am I wrong no, it's to amazing. say, it's like... it's amazing. It's, yes, it's amazing. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what the song is. Not right now, honey. my song. But I liked it. Yeah, I don't know either, but he's really hyped on it. That's cool. Yeah, so the main thing that happens at this party outside of Matthew Lillard dancing is that Taylor Vaughn throws a drink on Rachel Lee Cook's shirt and proceeds to tell Rachel Lee Cook, to everyone here who matters, your vapor, your spam, a waste of perfectly good yearbook space. And uh, and this was before the internet, so when she said spam, she means the delectable canned meat treat. That's what I was going to say. Delicious, yeah. salty canned meat. Big fan of spam, me and Brandon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So fuck spam and you, eggs, Taylor. Spam Vaughn. fried rice. It's got. It, you can use it for anything. I was already team Rachel Lee Cook, but that cemented it. It was like, yeah. there's no way I'm pulling for you, Taylor Vaughn. No, if she is, if she's spam, sign me up to open up her top sealed can part and <laughs> splorp out her meat. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> Usher Raymond calls Rachel Lee Cook a falafel fairy over the intercom mm. as some sort of term of endearment because um, she's been nominated for prom queen. Sounds like a slur. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I enjoyed it. The alliteration. Brandon, what was the worst word you used in elementary school and middle school, high school that you regret? Definitely. It's like a big thing to like call each other gay and like, you know. Like, use the F word and stuff like that. Fun? Yeah. No. Another three-letter Fucker? word. Fucker? I wish. <laughs> I came close, but not in elementary school. <laughs> so Matthew Lillard dumps uh, the skank Taylor Vaughn, uh, leaving Good her distraught. Um, which... See, that's a, that's a great scene because she gets her comeuppance, but it's a mm. very sad scene as well because we don't see Matthew Lillard for the rest of the movie. I know. I know. Yeah. It sucks. 
So Freddie Prince Jr. and Paul Walker, they fight because out of nowhere, Paul Walker wants to bang Laney now. Um, <laughs> He's a king. I guess. Yeah. Uh. Kind of felt stupid to me, but whatever. No, it's the it's like this is the worst. Having to feel like negative towards Paul Walker is such a bad feeling. I know I didn't like and it. And not in nineteen ninety nine, but now it was so like I don't uh Well it's just I like, want to root for him constantly. So. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to think of him as an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and there's like twenty five minutes left. They've had one scene together that's like they don't interact. Right. And it's like, no, I want Lainey Boggs, and I'm going to bang her, and I'm going to take her to prom. And it's like, I don't know, man. That was shoehorned. Yeah. Felt cheap. That's messed up, too, because they the whole thing was them having a bet, and now Paul Walker's, like, fucking with the whole bet. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's not cool, either. A lot of yeah. things that make me not like Paul Walker in that instance. The character, not the man. Right, right, right. No, no, of course. <laughs> okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. The man, the myth, the legend, his reputation is cemented. So, so then- no worries there. <laughs> so then we get to um probably the emotional crux of the movie laney um she tells freddie prince jr about how her mom died of leukemia how she didn't cry at her mom's funeral and that she knew her life was gonna never be the same afterward and freddie prince jr follows up her vulnerable sad story with a vulnerable sad story of his own Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad wants him to go to Dartmouth, but he wants to go to wherever he wants to go and not be forced into going to a private Ivy League school. Interesting, again, that a a movie took the tone of, like, let's make our main character go to, like, a prestigious university just Uh because. Yeah, the the college part made me think of, we all had this experience in high school where you're like, oh, where's everyone going next year? And you hear some idiot that was just a doofus all high school be like, I'm going to UCLA next year. He's like, what? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. So what, what band would have been on the 2006 Taylor Vaughn mugs? Or like, 2006? Yeah, like what band would have been like, I need to convince oh, the Black whole Eyed high Peas. school. Black Eyed Peas for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. No, we're done. It's Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. It's Fergie, it's the, the guy from Chun-Li, and it's uh, yeah. Will I Am. No, no yeah. way it was 2006 version of Hanson, the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, they had my humps. My lovely lady that's humps. That's terrible. That's that doesn't ter- mean that not... it's, you have one but band that the so whole popular. school has it to think so favorably popular. of. You only get yeah, one it's band that, to all this out. But I don't believe that, that Hanson was the thing that the whole thing in 99 felt favorable about. Well, I, mean, I think we're trying to find the equivalent to the band, not the okay. So the I think Hanson. I think Hanson was they were best known for like their sex appeal of being like small, uh, effeminate brothers and the really catchy poppy music. So that's why I go Black Eyed Peas. Sex appeal plus effeminate popular music. Yeah. Yeah. Also, unfortunately, I feel like right now we could put in a Black Eyed Peas, Fall Out Boy, like, crossover song, you know, where it's, like, yeah, the right. Black Eyed Peas beat <laughs> with, Someone's like, the fall. Yeah. I know, like, there's yeah. some <laughs> atrocious song out there that's, like, super kind of sick for back then. Yeah. Uh, there's an important scene that's not really that important, but it is very fun, where Kieran Culkin is rollerblading around the cafeteria, offering people fresh ground pepper. Which what the hell is Kieran Culkin? <laughs> Super like, dope. What is going on with like I love him, but what is going on with that character? Kyle Nothing, had a. They don't explain I, anything about him. So Kyle, the other day we were talking about like how cool Macaulay Culkin is now and how he'd probably <laughs> like us. 
And Kyle found a, a thing that Macaulay Culkin did in like 2000. In 2018. Yeah. He so did, yeah, yeah recent, a couple yeah. years ago, he did an online Twitter petition to change his middle name legally. And the winning name was Macaulay Culkin. So <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's legal name as of 2018 is Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. <laughs> And the other options were... Uh, I can't remember, it was, but One was, was Kieran. Yeah, one was Kieran, which was suggested by Kieran Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Crazy. God, I love this movie. <laughs> um, so, Kieran Culkin's rollerblading around, asking if anyone wants pepper on their food for some reason. Two bullies come up to him, um, and one of them is the dude, the Shermanator from American Pie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which... Yeah. We already talked about American Pie, but he's putting his pubes on a microwave pizza. And the other one, I don't know if you noticed this, Aaron, but he's showing Kieran Culkin a pornog magazine called Older and Bolder. <laughs> it was sexy. I didn't. I didn't see what the title was. I knew it was. I knew it was porn. Uh, yeah. But I knew it was. It had to be something weird like that. Yeah. Don't and, act like you didn't look it up, Brandon. <laughs> Come on. And then the I best part. The best part is the bully showing him the pornog mag older and bolder. He says, What about that one? Isn't that your mommy? My mom's dead. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's a power move right there. Just like, oh like, my God. Like, that used to be a comeback to like shut people up when it's not true. But in this case, we know his mom in the movie is dead. Yeah. yeah. Very um, much is. Um, um, this is this scene came out of left field completely. Like look nothing at you else with the sports happens. terms. But like nothing else in this movie led me to believe that this is like a gross out like teen movie. You know what I mean? It's like they watched American Pie and said we need to have some of that shit in our movie, which doesn't make sense because they came out the same year. So you would have loved know. if there was some of that shit in this movie. You filthy fucking no, scat. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but seriously, you're right. Like they show them eating the pubes. It's not a cutaway. It's like he's biting no, into pubes. No, it's all pizza. gratuitously zoomed in. Uh, it's disgusting, and and I wanted to see it. And I want to see it. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. makes one of the bullies eat the pizza with his own pubes on it. He mm. looks at the other bully. I think the guy from Out Cold, and he says, "All right, now you have to eat Zach it." Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, and the bully's response is, no way, man, those are his pubes. And it's like, I thought that was a weird response. Like, if they were your pubes, you'd be totally fine with it? Like, just, I, I just mean, I'd be a big more point This is an interesting hypothetical. Yeah. Would you rather eat someone's pubes that you know or random pubes that were verified clean? No, it's would it's you just... rather eat your own pubes or someone else's? But okay. you know who the person is. Well, no, like, that's, you know a, that's an easy one. Like, exactly. We'd all rather eat our own. Yeah. But would you rather eat someone else's pubes, verified clean, you're not going to get anything, or would you rather eat someone you know's pubes? I don't know if it's like so much a would you rather. It's like, is it more offensive to eat someone else's pubes than your own pubes if you know that they're clean pubes? Like, would you be able to maintain the relationship with that person if you were on good terms? We all know I can't maintain. No, yeah, I, uh, I saw Devin's post. And, uh, <laughs> Pray for us. I saw our Instagram post. I, I'm yeah, sorry, no. man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It, uh, yeah. I have some literature that might help you, you know. 
Freddie Prince Jr. stupidly waits until the day of prom to ask Lainey to go, only to find out that Lainey's already going with Paul Walker, and Lainey finds out that Freddie Prince Jr. was only hanging out with her to win a bet. What is Paul yeah. Walker's endgame here? Fuck Like, her. he's just trying to bang her, right? That's it. Freddie Prince Jr. takes his uh, Oscar winner Anna Paquin sister to the prom. Uh, he stiffs Taylor Vaughn, and... Um, he wishes he stiffed her. <laughs> they're showing people getting their pictures for the prom, and one kid brings a sex doll, and the photographer says... All right, let's get a big gaping smile, both of you. Oof, like oof. that was fun. I like that's a that. fun photographer. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's then, a photographer with the sense of humor. And then the chaperone's <laughs> also fun because the chaperone they show him like taking a bottle of alcohol from the kid, but they don't take the sex doll. They say, "You have that. Enjoy <laughs> yeah. the night." Right. That's really yeah. that's really indicative of American culture, where it's just you know we we allow our our teens to have this weird kinky promiscuous sex but don't drink you know kind of weird expectations that we have well, on them yeah yeah, and it's weird that sex dolls have been so stigmatized where it's like hey have fun for it by yourself like that's you know yeah like no one's getting pregnant you're not forcing yeah. anyone to do anything like yeah hey if that's your thing go for it man no one's getting hurt and this is a good time <laughs> to mention that we do have 5GFA fleshlights available on the 5GFAPod.com website. Yeah, yeah we've uh, we've all done molds of our pee holes. So yeah. <laughs> and then expanded them quite aggressively well, for well, your pleasure. Pollard's is enormous. <laughs> you got to watch out for that one. <laughs> it's, it's cavernous. All right, so then we get to the worst scene I saw where we see Paul Walker so desperate. He's basically a bathroom attendant just telling every dude that comes in like i'm gonna fuck laney boggs and like isn't that cool and it's like man i love you paul walker but i don't love you in this scene yeah no. it's sad um and fulton aka do you remember his name in the movie aaron uh, yeah fulton reed nope in this movie no i only know him as fulton reed okay. i don't recognize him as you're gonna remember only... you're gonna i don't like uh sure. what's that one uh deja vu no, I don't recognize him in that one either. He's Fulton Reed. Okay. All right. Well, so Fulton Reed is, uh, he overhears the conversation while Paul Walker says he just wants to bang Laney and he goes to like rush over to tell Freddie Prince Jr. But before that, there's a scene where Anna Paquin, Academy Award winner Anna Paquin. She won an Academy Award? At the age of 12. Wow. If you can believe it. Or 11. Something like that. For the best performance by an actress in a supporting role, the Oscar goes to... Anna Paquin, the piano. Um, but anyway, so Fulton Reed, he's sitting at the table and the song comes on and Anna Paquin's like, I love this song. And then unbeknownst to her, he's like, I love this song. And she's like, what's your name? And he's like, I'm Jesse Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, that. I'm Jesse Jackson. I'm, sorry, I'm not Ms. a good Jackson. dancer. And she goes, I'm Mac. I go to school with 500 chicks and uh fun, fun name for this Fulton Reed character, Jesse. Yeah. Jackson. Like, why, Reverend why, Jesse why did they pick that name? I don't know. <laughs> why did they do uh, that? I don't know. They already knew it. enough about what Jesse Jackson. Can we, like if we're talking he had about decades names, of prominence prior to this, <laughs> if we're talking about the names, like, can we just say that like Freddie Prince Jr.'s character 
is the height of what's considered late 90s cool names, which is Zach Seiler. (laughs) That is the most 90s, like, oh, this guy's got bleach tips and, like, his hair is so spiky. He's so cool. Yeah, you know what he sounds like? And, like, Kyle might get this more, but he sounds like a Big 12 quarterback, like, Texas Tech quarterback Zach Seiler, yeah. who like why would like why would nine Kyle million yards and like never got drafted because he was like he threw seventy times a game. <laughs> yeah. So Zach Seiler uh, <laughs> of the Seiler oh, uh, Dart Mouth uh, Ivy League family. Why is he going to Harvard or, or uh, uh, Yale or something? He better? just wants to decide for himself. Okay. <laughs> um, he's he ultimately going to decide on Dartmouth because he's yeah. a Dark Mouth. <laughs> Dark yeah. um, It's an extension That's an of black. Website. Uh, <laughs> so, so Freddie Prince Jr. After winning the coronation as prom king, he gives a really shitty acceptance speech, which we expected because he's Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Um, he rushes to Lainey's house to profess his love for her, and he asks her, "Can I have the last dance?" And she says, "No." You can have the first, implying she's still a virgin and ready to be deflowered, which yes. is highlighted by all the flowers lighting up in the backyard right after she says that. Did you look that up on Wikipedia? No. Then, <laughs> to top it off, she says, I feel like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, except for the whole hooker thing, cementing the fact they are absolutely going to bang. Did you look that up on Wikipedia? No. Wow. The end. Wow. Hello, I'm Larry Stockton, owner and proprietor of All the Smut Things, a retail store and film production house dedicated to all things exotic and filthy. I'm here to promote our newest Freddie Prince Jr. themed adult film, He's All Scat. He's All Scat is about one man's erotic journey, navigating the stresses of high school while trying to hide his shameful, shameful fetish. Unfortunately, the trailer for this film has not yet been cut together, so I thought I'd read a little bit of the script to titillate you. We open on a high school bathroom. A young man is seated on the toilet and he... Oh no. No, that's... that's too filthy. Let me just... let me just skip ahead a few pages. Um, The young man approaches Lady, a young girl working at a falafel restaurant, whose shoes are covered in... Oh no. And then he does what with the shoes? Oh, that's even filthier than before. Let me, uh, let's just skip ahead a little bit more. Oh, wow. There, there really is so much poo-poo. I know it's a scat film, but is this a normal amount? Um, I don't know if anyone should see this. I'm not trying to shame you if this is your thing, but I think you may have to get your smut somewhere else if this is what you're into. I'm just a little bit upset that we already spent the money on this film. Um, he's all scat. A Larry Stockton production, unfortunately. Let's jump into categories. Uh, today we're talking about <laughs> She's All That. Welcome back uh, to the, the Matthew, Matthew Lillard, Lillard special. Month. Uh, uh, hey, 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 hey. It's Matthew Lillard. Month. Ah. Let's put a little respect on his name. We're doing categories because this is a Matthew Lillard movie. We're doing She's All That. I'm excited to talk about any category. Why but- don't we start with the best scene I saw?
Fucking do it, dude, if you're going to be so fucking chesty. Right. You wish I was chesty, you pervert. Yeah, I do. I've been lying them. I made cornbread I and chili. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, so any scene with Matthew Lillard is the best scene I saw. To piggyback off of that, um, similar to what Kyle said, my best scene I saw was the pubes scene. A lot of things going on in that scene. Uh, I'm going to throw my hat in with Kyle, though. The, uh, the party scene is the best scene I saw. For yes. specifically the Lillard moments, um, but also just the little beats that you get with Laney uh, drawing on Cleo Duvall's face. Uh, that was a nice moment. You get uh, all the stuff with um, the confrontation between Taylor and Laney. Gotta say, I like the party scene from Not Another Teen Movie a little bit better. I agree. Yep. Uh, I was reading on IMDb Trivia, Anna Paquin, after that scene, she said... I thought I was good in the piano. They gave me an Oscar. You were better. And she actually gave right. her Oscar to Matthew Lillard that day. On right, set. right. She said so he does she... have an Oscar, not from the Academy, but from Anna Paquin. Okay. Yeah, she definitely, yeah. she shed a single tear. Uh, I, absolutely. Uh, that's, that sounds made up. You can write any trivia you want on IMDb. So I wrote that. I submitted it. <laughs> We'll see if users like it. Uh, uh, let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Yeah, we don't have to do it. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah, shut up, Brandon. <laughs> all right, all right. Take it easy. Um, I'll start. How did they cut Matthew Lillard so early in the movie? Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to see a lot more of Matthew Lillard in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Physically, this is definitely, a, this is definitely a front heavy movie where you get all the heavy hits in the very beginning, and then you know, somewhere towards the three quarters mark of the movie, it just gets light, and there's a huge yeah. Matthew Lloyd hole in the rest of the movie. It's sad, yeah, it's disgusting, like, it's sickening. Like, like we mentioned it in the uh, in the plot rundown, but I would have loved to see any, like, even if it was not at all related to the plot, just like Matt Lillard doing his own shit. And or like, let's or, follow that storyline. Yeah, following that up, what if uh, you know um, what's his name? Freddie Prince Jr. has like that real world hallucination. Not Freddie Prince Sr. Not Freddie Prince Sr. And not real world as in the real world. Real world as in the show. <laughs> he has that hallucination. What if Matthew Lillard's just a hallucination that follows him around for the rest of the movie and like gives him advice and stuff? That would be cool. So what you're saying is a ghost bang Taylor Vaughn. Kyle, how do you do that? <laughs> um, speaking of front heavy, how'd the Shermanator have such a big red bush? Not only does he not shave his pubes in high school, but he grabs his pubes for like two seconds, comes out with like a dozen or so pubes. You might have alopecia. It's aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's aggressive the amount that are just easily coming off to yeah, go onto that pizza. He needs to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, male pattern baldness down on his crotch is happening. Well, no, they're they're doctor. falling out. They're falling out at an alarming rate, but they're repopulating at an even quicker rate. So it's that's what needs to get checked out. That and, and if that's the case, that sounds like he's in his own version of hell right now. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, my pubes keep falling out and growing back faster, and it's just yeah, like exactly. this perpetuating awful existence. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to. That had, had to, to hurt. hurt. 
Brandon, that had to hurt. Uh, it had to hurt Freddie Prince Jr. to share the screen with Paul Walker. Um, just Freddie Prince Jr. had to feel like, okay, this is my movie. Holy shit, Paul Walker's in it. What do I do now? And you mm. know that the director was giving Paul Walker, you know, directions like, uh, be less charming, uh, be less magnetic. This is a Freddie Prince Jr. movie. <laughs> yeah, Paul Walker had to play down. Kyle, that had to hurt. <laughs> I got two. Interesting. Yeah. Um, One is a quote from the movie, and one of the chicks tells another chick, she says, if Zach shows up with her, Taylor's going to shit Frisbees. And uh, just the mental image of shitting Frisbees (laughs) really made my ass hurt. Yeah, especially Um, since you guys are into froth now. You have more (laughs) hands-on experience with the Frisbees. (laughs) We can edit this out, but in uh, the movie Beer Fest, which is the, you know, the, uh, what's the fucking movie? My second that had to hurt is Kevin Pollack, the dad character of Rachel Lee Cook. The whole movie, his term of endearment for her is Pumpkin Nose. He says, hey, Pumpkin Nose. And like, that's not a great... That's not a great nickname yeah. for a kid, but also it made me think of Aaron's mom <laughs> and her Aaron's nickname for him growing up. <laughs> Lisa used to call Aaron Hamburger Bean, <laughs> and it used to piss Aaron off as a little kid. Still does. What does that even mean? <laughs> he used to say, "Hey, my little Hamburger Bean, come here," and uh, he would get super angry. And I, when Aaron... I'd yell in her face, "That's not my name." <laughs> Where did that come from? I have no idea. Oh, my God. But I never knew this about Aaron until like three months ago. And when he told me. It was three days ago. I just quarantined sick and it's on you. Well, either way, whenever he told me, I was like, oh, my God, that's the funniest nickname I've ever heard. Hamburger bean. It's so nonsensical. And like the fact that it made you angry just brought me so much joy. I'm I'm pretty sure she said it once. And then the fact that it riled me up to such a fucking fever pitch made her like. Oh, I'm just gonna keep saying. I this. would do it if my kid gets, was yeah, pissed. Like, like I'd be like, because it. it gets him so mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but pumpkin they got me mad as a two year old, you know. Like, <laughs> but pumpkin nose is on par of just like that doesn't right. make sense. That would just piss me off. Yeah. Right. Hey, pumpkin that's a, nose. That's another thing yeah. that they they carry over to not another teen movie is uh, the dad played by Randy Quaid is just calling her right. like, pumpkin tits. And, uh, <laughs> like, I, I forget what else he says, but there, it's just some great nicknames. My that had to hurt, had to hurt Freddie Prince Jr.'s parents seeing him at graduation. <laughs> just like, ah, we had it all year. We had our whole lives since you were born for this day. And, like, yeah. you showed your dick. Yeah. <laughs> you piece of shit. He also, like, waited to, like, confirm his, like, attendance right. at college. Right. His dad opens the letters and it's like half of these deadlines have passed and it's like that had to hurt like you can't right. go to Yale and now. The yeah. and I might be mistaken but he's sitting there nakedish, right? Mm-hmm. He just has the volleyball. He has the volleyball. Yeah. So it's like they had to be like what the fuck and like the administration to be like what the fuck is this guy doing? Like it's not like he's hiding it. It's not like there's one thing to be like I have my robe, I got on stage. Boom. His no, name showed, was yeah, coming he up. He showed up naked. He could have had the robe on and then like five names Once I got seated. We don't know. We yeah. never see the robe on the ground. 
Yeah, that's true. Brandon, you should uh, dive in some fan fiction on the robe origins. Where what happened the robe to the robe? Go? Was it Where invisible? Did it end up? Yes. Did Ooh. <laughs> it was an invisible robe. AKA but a cloak. He can still, but he can still spill stuff on it. So it looks when he like eats the hamburger and the ketchup goes on well, him, it looks like he has a huge stab wound on his body. And to guide your fan fiction, I have a very tasteful cod piece that's been passed down from my grandfather to my father to me. Yes, maybe he had a, a similar nostalgic kind of graduation gown that uh, had some kind of hmm. invisible qualities. Or yeah, I like that. I don't know. You're you're the expert there. So yeah, yeah, and all <laughs> all things invisible cod piece. Yeah, this yeah. is your that had to hurt. Write some fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice to come together. To get together. I'll do it. I'll, I'll I'll bat lead off here. All right. I think Kevin Pollock. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, wait, wait. I need to read my notes. Uh, Paul Walker organizes the reunion. He's dead, dude. Well. Not in this one. Uh, he says in the movie, she's all that. He says, guess who jammed a 30-year-old flight attendant at 26,000 feet on his way to Cancun? Which, that means he's definitely Caleb Mandrake from the Skulls. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. that dude yeah, fucked his high school yeah. teacher or mom's friend or whatever it was. Yeah. And this dude on spring break is fucking a flight attendant. He's going to the Mile High Club. Yeah, This is Caleb Mandrake. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's it's weird that like in Skulls he plays like not even objectively he plays a worse guy. He kills a guy, right? Yeah. No, like, no, he injures him. I feel so much worse about him in this movie than I do yes. in Skulls. Yeah. And it's like well, because he's not in this movie. He's very like venomous and he's very like vindictive, and he's not well, and like he that Skulls. He's very reactionary and like yes. a product of his of his upbringing. His father. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he doesn't have um, uh, cruel intentions, if you will, in skulls. I will. We will be doing pool intentions, not cruel intentions, but it's a it's a lifeguard the, movie. It's, it's the fun. Kevin Pollock sequel to <laughs> She's All That. So anyway, uh, Paul Walker's Caleb Mandrake from the Skulls, and after high school, Paul Walker, he's got revenge on his mind. Him. Freddie Prince Jr., Rachel Lee Cook, and Gus from Psych go to an Ivy League college together. Where Walker and Prince joins a secret society called the Skulls. Walker murders Gus in an altercation. Freddie Prince Jr. tries to expose the Skulls, but he's too stupid and aloof to do it. So he ends up in the Skulls owned mental institution. <laughs> and Rachel Lee Cook tells Paul Walker, you want for I should put this here? <laughs> referring, <laughs> referring to his dick because she bangs him. The end. <laughs> uh, I have a different Paul Walker reunion, but very yes. similar, very similar. So Paul Walker organizes the reunion uh, because after high school, he decides, I'm going to move to the Bahamas and uh, I'm going to get into some underwater treasure hunting. He invites yes. Freddie Prince We get Jr. the boat? <laughs> Wait, let me interrupt you with another quote from Into the Blue. Please. They were my friends too. Good, good. Good God. Good gravy. All right, keep going. So he invites Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook to join him uh, for some treasure hunting, except in this version, they're played by Scott Kahn and some random chick. 
mm. and they get into some hijinks. Scott Con definitely does cocaine, and you know the rest is history. Literally, Scott history. Scott Con does cocaine. Well, it's implied. <laughs> it's heavily implied. Do we think Scott Con has ever done cocaine? Absolutely. <laughs> Like how so often? much. How often <laughs> is the question? How do we, often do, do we, we think, think you that could Scott you could Con say heroin cocaine? and I'd say yep. <laughs> what was, Kyle? What was his uh, what was his rap group? Oh, the hooligans. The hooligans. Yeah, oh, I have I have the song. The song is so good. It's a good song. We're yeah. gonna put that in right here. Please, the hooligans. Yeah, this is. So for some context for the listeners, this clip we're about to put in is Scott Kahn rapping with this other dude in that's 94. also a good rapper, yeah. and it's pretty tight. I think and, uh, like we're going to play it a little bit longer than you'd hope, but <laughs> just dig in and enjoy. And this yep. also we're putting in the not Scott Kahn rapping because he's not good, but the <laughs> yeah. other guy is. The other guy's good. <laughs> the other hooligan. I don't pack no steel just to play the role, but I'm paying a toll so I still feel my soul. When Kevin Pollack dies and Kieran Culkin takes over the company, he the doesn't. No, 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 the pool company. He doesn't okay. feel comfortable calling it Mr. Pool because, like, that was his dad's company. So he calls it the Pooligans. Yeah. Nice, yeah. And he has to recruit Scott Kahn at that point. Yes, and, and he's looking for work, so he accepts. Yeah. Let's move on to the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Brandon, who wins your Clutch Award? I'm going with Fulton Reed. Just we talked about how he's he's not gay. I mean, he's attracted to uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s Kyle's sister. Kyle's just gonna cut it off. It he's not gay, and he's not gay. My clutch award goes to Jason Alexander, John Lovitz, Chad Palmieri, Clint Howard, Joe Montana. Um, for all passing on the Kevin Pollock role. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I feel like those are all Kevin Pollock's peers in casting decisions. And uh, it had to be, it was clutch that they all passed on the role because I'm sure they were all approached before Kevin Pollock. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to name all those guys. Yeah, I you. feel like thank they also that. passed on uh, the critic. They could have been the, John the voice. Oh, John Lovitz is a It critic. stinks. That's a great show. <laughs> I love that one. It stinks. That Simpsons yeah. critic crossover is yes. like one of the most iconic it's Simpsons it's episodes. It's so good. Uh, uh, Kyle, Clutch Award. My Clutch Award goes to the dyslexic volleyball player who was cast as a member on season two I of played the... I played volleyball. <laughs> is that how what? that works? No. <laughs> uh, he was cast as a member on season two of the MTV show The Real World. I'm talking about Matthew Lillard. Yes. Uh, Matthew... Is in this movie? <laughs> well, so Freddie Prince Jr., like when he's talking to Taylor Vaughn about how she's dating Brock Hudson, he goes the dyslexic volleyball player yeah. and like that's never brought back again and i just think that's funny that like on the real world his character or his real person was a dyslexic volleyball player but 
I think it's incredible that Matthew Lillard is playing a man who was on the TV show The Real World, who was playing a character on that show to further his acting career, but also portraying the real version of himself while watching himself portray himself as, as an actor version of himself on Real World. And that's not only very interesting, but very impressive. Um, he brings all the laughs. He steals every scene he's in, which is par for the course. But he's also just so clutch, so funny. It's Matthew Lillard month. He deserves it. And uh, there's no one else that should get it. I uh, fell asleep. What just happened? Let's uh, move on to <laughs> quotes. <laughs> I have 2,000 girls in this school, and I could bump monkeys with every one of them. Taylor Vaughn is totally replaceable. Could you spare me this whack shit about replaceable? Because we're talking about Taylor Vaughn here. Sorry, man, he's, he's right. No, of course I'm right. I mean, the girl's an institution in this place. Every girl wants to be her, and every guy wants to nail her. Basically, she's you. With tits. My quote. You only have one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you both, uh, not Kyle, but Brandon critiques the Clutch Award. <laughs> Like submissions, yet has like quotes. I have seventeen. Yeah, I, I could have had seventeen. There was it's so literally, many. it's literally just I just write them down and I don't ever like I don't ever weed them out. Well, just, the best that's a good part quote. about it that's is a good that quote. those that's a good are like quote. back to back in our thing. So like you you quabble with a clutch award, <laughs> and right afterwards you like break the rules of the quotes thing. I see. Um, I didn't know well, there was rules quotes, for not the quote, quote award. No, yeah, no. There's no I. I See, I'm always in the camp of there's no there's no bright line rules here. So <laughs> yeah, do whatever you want to do. I agree. I just think uh, that the quote, title of the category should carry some kind of indication of what the category is. That's all. That's it. <laughs> yeah, if you want a more structured episode for all the listeners out there, go through the first, like, I don't know, 12, 15. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. If you're listening right now, the last, like, 12, 15 yeah, they're off the rails. Yeah, stop so. it, oh, yeah, Blue yeah. September. If you're looking for good structure, yeah, anything before Blue September is, <laughs> is what you're looking for. Um, my quote is when Fulton says, I'm Jesse Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you remember it now. <laughs> of course Look at I the did. the big brain on Aaron. <laughs> Brandon, give us all your quotes. I've got 22. Um, <laughs> uh, I No, I, I went with a theme for this one. So I'm choosing all the quotes that really secure this as a 90s movie. Uh, so when Taylor Vaughn says, what are we spewing about? And mm. uh, I forget who says this one, but it might be Matthew Lillard. I have no idea. I just wrote it down. Somebody says, that was major wiggage. Uh, yes, that then, one was bad. Yeah. That one was and really then, bad. Uh, and then when Kieran Culkin comes up to Freddie Prince Jr. and says, want to play some Sega? Sega! Sega! Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that Sega reference. And uh, I'll just give you two more, Paul Walk- both Paul Walker-centric, when he says, check out the Bobos on Super Freak. Mm. We, were all, we were all thinking it. He just said it. And the last quote that I have of my quote extravaganza is when Paul Walker tells Lainey, you don't trust me, and I respect that. It's good to hear that kind of honesty. Yeah, no, I mean, he had an angle at that point, but also... This is the same guy that said, look at the Bobos on Super Freaks. Exactly. So he knows, like, I respect, you're not supposed to trust me. Do not do it. There were so many words like that, Bobos. Like, that was never a thing. Yeah. But we understood universal language. He's talking about her tits. 
Exactly, exactly. You just add some, um, you just add double O's into that and you get boo-boos. And then you change one of those <laughs> double O's to double E's and you get boobies. Yeah, my quotes are very similar to yours, Brandon. I went for all of the just, these are weird. Um, <laughs> the falafel guy, we didn't talk about him yet. Yeah, but that, I, I had that one uh, originally and then I was like, I don't remember this scene, so I'm going to get rid of it. So what happens is Lainey's working at the falafel restaurant. A guy comes up to her and he's like, how big are your falafels? Are they medium? Are they small? And he's like, I'd love to sample a falafel. And then Lainey talks to Freddie Prince Jr. for a while. And she comes back. I'm sorry, sir. Have you made your decision? Yes, I have. Supersize my balls. That is That's fun. That's a yes. fun line. Yes. He's talking yeah. falafel, but... I know an awful lot about balls, and it sounds sexual to you me. You know a falafel amount about balls. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. It's awful um, how much you know about falafel. Awful falafel. That's an ad. Yeah, Boom. An awful Here's falafel. an ad for falo- awful falafel. <laughs> hey, we got some falafel. It's not really good. It's bad. <laughs> this is from the, the chickpeas that everyone else said, no, we don't want these. Mm. <laughs> hey, all you chick pee-pee heads. If you love listening to Five Guys Flick Around, you'll love our new endeavor, Awful Falafel. We've been flicking around for a while now, and we finally decided it's time to start falafing around. And that's why we opened Awful Falafel. The restaurant's so nice, we named it twice. And by twice, we mean once. But it is a double entrende. Double, double entree. A double entrenchede. It has two meanings. First, and I know we may be biased, but our falafel is awfully tasty. We've had over three people tell us it's the best falafel they've ever had. And those people, they didn't even know each other. So, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. And secondly, our prices are awfully low. You see, we reinvested all of our money from the classy lady swimsuits into a thriving chickpea farm. And because of the super chill labor laws, we barely have to pay those kids anything. So the next time you're hungry for some chickpea balls, head on over to Awful Falafel, located just outside of Banning. If you're in Banning, you won't find us. So drive out of Banning, and that's where we're located, just outside of Banning. Awful Falafel. Awfully tasty, awfully cheap, Awful Falafel. Let's move on to what takes me out of the flick. Oh, we can call it there. Yeah, that's fine. Brandon, what takes you out of the movie? Unfortunately, Aaron, it's your favorite scene. Your best scene I saw, the pube scene. Mm. I just thought... I'm not saying it's a bad well, I, scene. It was my best scene because it was so disturbing. So I'm, right, right, right. I'm agreeing I mean, with you on whatever you're saying here. No, it's absolutely disturbing. And again, like for a movie that's not really going into that gross out genre, for it to just be like so gratuitous at that point that it's like we're gonna spend a good five minutes on this scene where Freddie Prince Jr. strong arms these two guys into eating pube pizza. It's just like it came out of nowhere. Cause I want to yeah. eat it. Well, and I think like, like let's say Jackass had done a thing where they did this. It would have been like, that's ah, fucking funny. But yeah, like, exactly. This movie's like, doesn't veer into that. And then all of a sudden it's like, here you go. It's, it's completely like, out of left field. And like, yeah. add to that, like Kieran Culkin's on roller skates, like asking people if they want freshly cracked pepper. Like, what the fuck is that? That's just a whole other layer that it's like, we didn't really talk that much about how weird that is. 
If we saw Jackass and it was like, I'm Steve-O and this is Puberoni Pizza, like, we'd be like, that's fucking hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it's gross. It's awful. <laughs> like, it's the most awful, it's one of the most awful movie things I've you ever seen. You might even call it Awful Falafel. What? <laughs> Which we now will be here's, doing an ad now for. here's the repeat of that ad you just heard a little bit ago. Uh, this one, uh, this one hurts. It uh, it hurts real bad, like a swift kick to the chickpeas. We uh, we regret to inform you listeners that after a brief but controversial time, Awful Falafel will be closing its doors for good. Now this is not the way we wanted to go out. This is uh, not the vision we had when we started this project. Look, opening a small business, especially a restaurant, there's always some risk there, right? But when you get caught up in a chickpea farm Ponzi scheme, well, you uh, you can't help but feel downright silly after the fact. Now, were there warning signs? In hindsight, absolutely. I mean, looking back, the fact that she reached out to us about the chickpea farm, now that should have been a red flag right there. And we missed it. That's on us. We take full responsibility. We own it. Personally, and we've argued quite a bit internally about this, but I really think the vague description regarding the proximity to banning, I think that was a major contributing factor. And again, that's on us. Also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the whole awful component of our name. We didn't think for a second that you classless bozos wouldn't equate the awful part of awful falafels with awfully good falafel at awfully good prices. And that one, now that one's on you. All of you. You bozos. You fucking bozos. Anyway, there's like an hour and a half left of our garbanzoing out of business sale before they're going to start demolishing the building, which I don't really understand. It can easily be converted back into a green burrito. You just need to throw a couple coats of paint over the Kevin Sorbo mural. But, whatever. So come on down to Awful Falafel for one last time. You know where to find us. Just outside of Bannon. What takes me out of the movie is not another teen takes me out of this. Not another teen movie takes me out of this movie. <laughs> I can't watch this movie without colliding both of those movies. Yeah. And when things that I are hilarious in another teen movie aren't here in this movie, it's like ah, that was funnier when they did it that way in that one. And uh, it was similar in you know Varsity Blues, but like. This movie is very prevalent of, like, I'm waiting for the not-another-teen movie jokes, and they're just not there. Yeah, So yeah. that movie, like, and how much I love that movie and how much I've watched that movie totally takes me out of this movie. You guys are both just basically saying, like, if you never saw Scream, like, I, scary movie takes me out of it. Like, I love but scary movies so much. so well done. Like, it's so good. Like, well, so was scary movie at the time. The first one, yeah. That's I what mean, I'm saying. They're, it was sending up Scream so much. The scary movie so franchise blew it by doing, like, we'll do 15 more of these. And not another teen movie did, like, one. And it yeah. was, like, very all-encompassing for... And it was very accurate and well done. Like I said, I think this is the first time where something from another movie has taken you out of a movie that we've done on the podcast. That's a first. I'm well, going to give I my think, clutch award to Aaron. I was going to yes! say, I think, for, for I think what's that. interesting about it for you. clutch, I accept. <laughs> what's interesting for you, Brandon, is that As soon like, as I go back to work, I'll print out a, a copy. Yes. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, no, what's interesting for you, Brandon, is that like you've effectively time traveled now. You've gone Whoa. to the future and said, 
this takes me out of the movie, even though it came out years later. And that's interesting. Yeah, wow. but time's relative because he saw them in different sequential order. The so thing which, is, is once which really you, did come first. Right? Yeah, once you once you mm. put time travel into the equation, you know, you can throw the ghost law out the window. Uh, what takes me out of the movie, Kevin Pollock. Uh, the Kevin Pollock? The Kevin Pollock, a.k.a. dad of Laney. This dude's catatonic. Like, he's just floating through he's life. He's in a vegetative state? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. seriously. Yeah. He, like, never gives a fuck. Karen Culkin answered the phone, answers the phone at the end of the movie, and he's like, stop calling, asshole. And, like, Kevin Pollock's just, like, looking in the fridge, like, uh, do yeah, we have no. orange juice? Like, right. I don't know. Like he's he's playing Jeopardy with his pants off, just answering there's questions SOS just to do it. That I don't know if any of us like broached, but there's an SOS of just Kevin Pollock being like, "I have I don't know where I am. I don't know <laughs> what what's going on. Like I know what's going on, but I'm so a, a detached from reality. No, right, he right. Is. It's a sad fucking SOS. He is. I'm living he, in my own world with President Rushmore. We're hanging yeah. out. Yeah, at the end, he gives that speech to Lainey where he's like, go to prom, like, have fun for you. It's like, what? And <laughs> yeah. then and then at the very end, uh, he's telling Kieran Culkin, like, these are the shapes of pools. I need you to stay awake so you can know them so you can help me in the kidney summer. Shaped. Yeah, kidney shaped. And then uh, Rachel Lee Cook comes in from prom having rebuked Paul Walker's advances and... Lo and behold, Freddie Prince Jr. has been standing out of sight, but in the same room, just looking at Kevin Pollock yeah. and Karen Culkin <laughs> yeah. while they learn pool shit on the couch. And it's like, why would you let that happen? Right. This yeah, guy right. is not a good guy. He's been treating your daughter terribly. That's weird. Your son's asleep on the couch. You don't know this man. Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the Kevin Pollock character, I liked him for some reason, but I did not think he was present. He was... Well, that's why I think Jason Alexander, John Lovitz, Chad Palmieri, <laughs> Chad Howard, <laughs> Joe Montana would have played a better role <laughs> in this. Because like, I specifically would have liked passion. A, yeah, I specifically would have liked a Joe Montana. I would have liked Jason Alexander. Yeah, him Fluster, too. George Costanza. Uh, and and stay tuned. Brandon does have a spinoff podcast coming. Let us entertain you with the house of Joe Montana. Uh, <laughs> his new Joe Montana podcast. God bless him. He was he was a uh, um, he was very close to me because my father had died when I was fairly young, and uh, he was like a dad to me. And so that's in a way, <clears throat> as weird as it is, it's my fitting homage to him that he will always be um, absolutely part of a fact. Let's move on to McMulligans. Kyle, since you're such an eager beaver, what's your McMulligan? Uh, you eager beaver. You're I actually, such an eager beaver. I fucked up. I didn't write anything. I'll go. This is embarrassing. My McMulligan. <laughs> now, my McMulligan, Kyle forfeited his opportunity. He'll go last. Brandon, you're up next. <laughs> oh, good, um, good. I would have liked Paul Walker to play the Freddie Prince Jr. character and Freddie Prince Jr. to play the Paul Walker character. Mm, I, I like just, that too. uh,. It would have been a better hero to root for. It would have been a better villain to be like this fucking idiot. <laughs> like mm -hmm. Brandon <laughs> McMulligan. 
Uh, I'm going. Kyle's going last, like I yeah, said. Yeah, no, clearly, clearly. Um, I really <laughs> enjoyed. I really enjoyed the Freddie Prince Jr. improvised hacky sack uh, performance art. I want more of that. I want him to like really yeah. grow into that and more have, sack art. Yeah, have scenes of him practicing at home, practicing at school. Um, you know, you just, like seeing him play art? with his sack, and you wanted more of that. Well, he thinks he's a beanbag boy, is what it is. And I would yeah. have liked to see him put in a little bit more work uh, when it comes to being a beanbag boy. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Kyle McMulligan. My McMulligan. Um, just put Ch- uh, Hillary Clinton behind <laughs> bars. She's clearly been, you know, uh, the the Benghazi stuff. You got so much stuff to her just emails. put her away and just be a... She's just a bad person, and I think uh, my Mick Mulligan, if emails? I could change anything, is let's have her locked up. Lock her up. Let's move on to... No, but for real, make Paul Walker Freddie Prinze Jr.'s character. <laughs> I just think, like, he's very likable. You could have, like, made Freddie Prinze Jr., like, hateable and, like, stupid, and then, you know, Paul Walker, you're, like, rooting for him. Sure. Would have been fun. Let's move on to... Also, more Matthew Lillard. Yeah, put him in this yeah. more. I don't know he why he disappears we didn't do halfway that. through the movie. Also, let's see Rachel Lee Cook's breasts. Also, let's see Taylor Vaughn's breasts. Let us compare. Let the give the people what they want. Let them make their I own mean, choice. I mean, not see, another teen let's movie. Let's see Kieran Culkin. Let's see <laughs> Kevin Pollock. Let's see all the breasts. <laughs> I mean, the chest or the breasts or the downstairs. I'm into it all. Because yeah, I want to see the Shermanator's it. pubes. What, <laughs> what kind of bush is he working with? Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to SOS. SOS to the world. I'll send that. Kyle. Easiest SOS I've ever done. Give me a Matthew Lillard spinoff. I want to see more Brock Hudson. Give me the full real world season. All 25 episodes uh, with his character on the real world, or just give me a movie following him after this movie, continuing his acting career on Road Rules. Uh, I want Road more Brock Rules? Hudson. I want more Matthew Lillard. I want it. Give it to me now. Please do it. Okay. Give yes. it to me, baby. Oh, let's move on to genre swap. All right. I'll tell you what you do. Pull the old switcheroo. Genre swap. Kyle, mm. you look like an eager beaver. What's your genre swap? I am eager. I am not a beaver, but I will munch your rug. I've seen your bush. You're totally a beaver. Yeah, I am a beaver if that's what we're talking. Um, I am a Shermanator. Uh, I'm a I'm a grower, not You're also a shower. You're a permanator. You fucking hate perms. I'm a uh, long and strong, not low to show guy. Yeah, let that uh, happen. That's grow. how we talk about it. Um, my genre swap is a TV show where Zach Scott. <laughs> I looked at Aaron Bond's dick. <laughs> fucking idiot. Fucking My genre idiot. Swap. You didn't even get a sentence in, you fucking nerd. <laughs> My genre swap is a TV show where Zach Seiler plays a soccer star, son of Dan Seiler. And Dan Seiler has another son named Lucas Seiler uh, out of wedlock. And. Um, Zach Scott, Zach Seiler is the, the best soccer prospect, like, for, like, ever, and, uh, it's a lot of Dan, his father, trying to, like, balance the relationship between his two sons, uh, Zach Seiler gets engaged to Rachel Lee Cook, 
and it's like, oh, you're such a Bethany, we don't like you. Um, nobody likes her at all. Oh, what are you gonna call it i'm kind of bummed kyle was you know in the bathroom and kitchen during all of that because that I wasn't for you was brandon but no season four of the she's all of that one tree hill crossover is the best no 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 it's a uh, zach seiler playing soccer in uh town of north carolina and his dad's yeah, name is well, dan seiler we all know soccer in north carolina is not exciting so <laughs> that's that's i'm out but I am interested in the Rachel Lee Cook angle. Brandon, whatever, dude, do it. So my genre swap. At one point, Lainey's art teacher looks at her painting and asks, she says something to the effect of, and which part is you in this painting? So mm. of course, my genre swap is going to be a sci-fi horror where one day while working in her basement uh, art studio, Lainey gets trapped inside of her painting and swaps places with an evil Laney that was living inside of the painting. Um, so evil Laney is the one who gets the makeover. She falls for Freddie Prince Jr. And the reason that she tries to keep everyone out of the basement is because she knows that if the real Laney is released, evil Laney will have to be transported back into the painting. That's it. Wow. Brandon, what was your first... What was your first sentence of it? Because I was interested by that. Uh, what Lainey's art teacher says? Yeah, just like start it from she the says, beginning. She sentence. says, which part of this painting is you? Yes, which part? So it's like part of her is a witch maybe also? Ooh, the witch part of her is the painting. Yes. And then we get the theme song, Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Toss a coin to your witcher, O Valley of Plenty. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It could work in there somewhere. This yeah, is you good. Know, I didn't. I didn't uh, modify your genre swap, so I, you know, I'd appreciate it if you just kind of like let mine breathe a little bit. <laughs> I don't think you understood mine, which is fine. But also, I I agree. I should um, stay out of this. This is a good time to. Uh, I don't know. Name your. What was your most memorable Goosebumps reading experience? So not a show, but like the book you read. The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena, which I. Th- think was number 38 can you describe it briefly yeah so let's move on to blu-ray price how much would you pay you guys know it who cares whoever's listening knows it brandon blu-ray price (laughs) my blu-ray price is uh it's 4.99 4.99 for this movie i don't need to see it again but it it's it's a fun it's a fun watch I would much rather watch not another teen movie, but if somebody was like, hey, you can have this movie for under $5 and you can watch it whenever you want, I'd spend that $5 and I'd probably watch it maybe one other time. What would your price be on not another teen movie? Probably like $13. Ooh. You have to give that price too. You have to give both. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's hear yours, Aaron. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm... Kyle, do it. Me? Do I have to give both? Uh, I can do both. I was gonna say you guys are like big fans of that movie. Yeah, so I let only me, saw. Let me it, let me finalize mine. So four ninety nine for she's all that. Thirteen dollars for not another teen movie. There you go. So I saw not another teen movie when I lived at Avalon with Aaron, 
He showed it to me back then. Yeah. I had I never seen loved it. I loved it then. I love it now. No, no, you did. <laughs> I had never seen it. And I was like, wow, that was really funny. Like, I liked it a lot. I haven't seen it since. So, like, I saw it in, like, 2007. I've never seen it since. So, I don't have a great grasp on, like, actually how I feel about it. But I really enjoyed it when you guys showed it to me. So, I'm going to go $6 for She's All That. And just... Because I love you guys and I trust your instincts, I'm gonna go eight dollars for another teen movie. Yeah, no, I, that's I appreciate that. I appreciate that yeah. uh, contribution. Um, I so for this movie, I wrote down seven ninety nine because it, uh, like I said, it it uh, it encapsulates this idea of high school that I had and. For whatever it's worth, however like bogus it was, and like however much it didn't pan out, I remember watching this as a twelve-year-old, being like, "That's what the next big thing in my life is gonna be like." And this movie, more than any other movie, I think, more than Varsity Blues, more than movies I liked more, was like, "Ah, oh, this is high school." So it has a weird, like, nostalgic twinge to it. Um, but not another teen movie is like I've seen. So we talked about it in this one. I talked about Varsity Blues in not another teen movie, but it addresses the Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles, and it addresses like it covers everything. Yep. Yeah. And like the fact that I've seen all of those movies is like I don't need to see them again if I can see not another teen movie. So I'm going thirty dollars for not another teen movie. <laughs> not even Breakfast Club. <laughs> well, I'd love to see Breakfast like Breakfast Club. I'd go higher than thirty, but like oh, okay. I just like this movie. Like if I watch this movie, I will think about all the other movies yeah. that it's talking about, and I will remember all of the things that those are referencing. You get the and enjoyment so of not another teen movie plus the enjoyment of all those other movies that it's spoofing. Yeah, it's it's like an octopus. It's like compounded it's interest. Like, it's yeah. this one thing that has tentacles everywhere that's like, yeah, you can access all of them. Let's move on to Mick Sullivan. You know the... Brandon, do the... Yeah, do it. That was sad. Yeah, Kyle, I'm tired. does this movie work as a Mick Sullivan vehicle? I don't know, man. <laughs> Don't I wrote this that. one. I wasn't very happy shit. with it, but let's 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 go on a ride. Twenty-five-year-old uh, McSullivan has been on the force for a couple years. He's quickly making a name for himself as he's won the Cop of the Year award every year since joining the force. The best cop, yeah. No, he's he's the best. Around uh, <laughs> McSullivan says winning Cop of the Year is easy, and he could make anyone Cop of the Year. His arch nemesis at work, Hooch Malloy, bets McSullivan he can't. Hooch Malloy's back? He's back, baby. From the Mortal Kombat one, maybe. What? Yes. Yes. No one heard it, but he was on there. Yep. Uh, McSullivan accepts the bet. Hooch and... Malloy was on other episodes. He's no, no, no. no. He was Kombat on the only. Striking Distance one. Yeah, yeah, yeah like he was. Turner and yeah, Hooch. yeah, yeah. But don't, I used... don't cut Hooch Malloy short. No, but I used him as like the arch nemesis in one of my McSullivans <laughs> from those, where it's like, that's not a thing. Uh, anyway, McSullivan accepts this bet, and uh, Hooch Malloy chooses the newest cop on the force as McSullivan's target. You're the newest cop. <laughs> well, 
He's a 45-year-old uptight family man known for his healthy eating and clean mouth, a.k.a. Pops. Yeah. McSullivan spends all year with Pops trying to get him to do cocaine and teaching him how to clean up sloppy police work. Mac has let Pops take the credit for all the callers they've caught and all the biggest busts of the year. Pops does not understand how McSullivan has won the award so many times until the night before the Cop of the Year awards when Mac takes Pops to the Spearmint Rhino. After a few (laughs) girls dance, the lights go down, and McSullivan enters the stage with a hacky sack filled with egg salad. McSullivan starts his performance. No, just egg salad. Okay. McSullivan starts his performance. Egg. Salad, sandwich, (laughs) egg, salad, sandwich, cocaine, cocaine, gotta be the best cop, gotta catch the bad guy, expecting you to win, gotta bang the hookers, everyone's watching, everyone's watching you bang the hookers, sooner or later there has to be a better cop, drop. McSullivan is zooted as he did an eight ball of cocaine while he was hacky sacking the egg salad ball and he's super amped about his performance. Pops doesn't understand what he just saw, but he knows this man is more complicated than he initially thought. Pops goes home to his wife and kids. McSullivan goes to his hacker informant and takes him by gunpoint to the station where the hacker goes into the computer and sees for the sixth straight year Hooch Malloy is supposed to win the Cop of the Year award, but McSullivan has him change the name. At the award ceremony, Hooch is shocked to find for the first time in New Orleans PD history there was a tie, and Pops and McSullivan (laughs) (laughs) share title of Cop of the Year, despite causing the most damage to the city by a wide margin and murdering 12 civilians, (laughs) though no charges were brought forward, and all 12 deaths were fired, (laughs) and all 12 deaths (laughs) were fired from McSullivan's gun. (laughs) McSullivan... (laughs) McSullivan tells Hooch to go suck a brick as he walks past him as he wins the award. And that brick quote has McSullivan hankering for more cocaine. He goes to the evidence room and steals a brick of cocaine and goes to Pop's house to tell Gloria that Pops didn't really win the award and that he cheated the system to add Pops as McSullivan was the sole recipient. Gloria is turned on by this and they bang. Nine months later, Gloria has a baby with remarkably light skin, and the movie ends with Gloria waiting to reveal to Pops that McSullivan is the father. The end. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It got weird at the end. Well, that adds a lot to McSullivan lore. Yeah, no. I mean, like, it's. I've been watching a lot of One Tree Hill, and I think that <laughs> pervaded it, where it was like, be interesting if, like, Pops' kid was actually McSullivan's kid. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote this McSullivan, like, two weeks ago uh, after Riley kept me up. So I don't know if it's going to make sense. Well, Who's Mac and Riley, she sounds hot. That's my uh, four month old baby boy. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, some bad smut on your end. Uh, While Mac and Pops are going out for ice cream one night, they get into a heated debate about how Mac can't have any platonic female friends in his life because he tries to bang every woman he sees. Thinking that Pops is getting a little too mouthy lately, Mac tries to put Pops back in his place by betting him that he can spend an entire week with a woman without banging her. However, because of his highly above-average libido, 
Mac knows that he'll lose the bet if he doesn't come up with some sort of plan. Walking into a falafel shop, McSullivan sees a girl that is the most abhorrent, hideous, repulsive example of the female form he's ever laid his eyes upon. She has glasses, she has paint (laughs) on her shoes, and she wears her hair in a ponytail. Mac almost loses his egg salad sandwich lunch on the floor of the falafel shop after looking at her. He decides if there's any girl he's not going to try to bang, this is her. He walks up to the counter, but before he can say anything to her, his nose starts gushing blood all over the counter of the falafel shop from the cocaine that, that he's sound been like doing. Mac. <laughs> the girl rushes back, rushes Mac to the back room, and after going through six first aid kits, she finds enough gauze to finally stop the bleeding. She tells Mac, I've never seen anyone bleed that much without dying. She tells him her name is Lainey. He says, listen, lady, how would you like to help me win a bet against my uppity partner who thinks he knows better than me? Lainey asks, what does she need to do? Mac explains, just spend a week with me and don't try to get all up on my little Mac. Lainey says, I don't know what that means. And Mac tells her, (laughs) hmm, stupid and ugly. I can work with that. Lainey and Mac engage in a variety of platonic activities over the week, such as going to an improv class together, walking along the beach fully clothed, and attending art shows. Just when he thinks he's got this bet won, Mac's charms prove to be too much for Lainey to resist. She seduces Mac one night, but luckily he's prepared for this. He drinks just enough whiskey so that he's unable to maintain even semi-firmness. Disappointed, Lainey leaves but says she wants a little Mac salad after this bet (laughs) is through. McSullivan wins the bet and is able to gloat over Pops. Lainey comes up to Mac and tells him, Now that you're done with this silly bet, we can finally bang. He shakes his head and says, Sorry, lady. There's some things even I won't dip my corn dog into. Lainey, infuriated by Mac's rebuke, swears revenge against him, Pops, and the entire New Orleans Police Department. She becomes one of Mac's arch nemesis. The Lainey of the night. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And then we play the song. Exactly. Lady of the night. Wow. That is right. What's the song? The lady of the night song. What's that one? The lady of the night. The lady of the night. That one. I don't don't think I've heard it. You have it. It's in the Google Drive. I don't think I've heard it. Or... No, it's in the Google Drive. So, yeah. So, it just, yeah. She's Mick Sullivan's most arch nemesis of all. He wants to arch that nemesis. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to arch no, that nemesis. No, he does. We all do. Rachel Lee Cook is hot in this movie, and we've agreed on that. Yeah, One no, that part's true, we've yeah. Agreed, agreed upon. Yeah. <laughs> She's good looking. You want to do your little uh, exit thing? Aaron, do the yeah. exit thing. You can check us out on wherever the fuck you're listening to this right now. Um, if you're listening to us right now, keep going to this fucking place and listen to us. If not, I don't know. Find another place. We're on most places. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a podcast. You know where you're place. listening to it. So who the fuck cares? Just keep listening to it and uh, subscribe to wherever you are. And uh, if you're not... Check out our website at 5gfapod.com. Uh, <laughs> Check out our website at 5gfapod.com. Look what I have created. I have made fire. 
I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly-ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Been fucked for like three weeks, man. Oh, yeah, Paul Walker. He's chill. He's chill. All right. Yeah. What, what, about... happened, what happened to Rachel Lee Cook, man? I, I like, when I was getting prepared for the movie yesterday that I thought I was going to watch, which was going to be, she's all that. I was like, what happened to... Rachel Lee Cook. She and went like, to uh, culinary school and became Rachel Lee Chef. <laughs> okay, fuck you. you. <laughs>